it's time for some F and T. Here's your host, Kirsten Gentle. Welcome to FTNA's F and T Time, a podcast and video series aimed at keeping the industry connected and updated. Welcome back to another edition of F and T Time, where we get the opportunity to catch up, pick the brains of, and highlight our incredible industry people. For today's F&T time, we're on the topic that has great meaning to FTMA as it is about merging of super-minded builders devoted to making the construction industry environmentally focused, sustainable and dedicated to the future of the planet. Today, we're joined by Hamish White, who has so many superb aspects to him, it's hard to know where we actually start. Hamish is a founding builder of the Sustainable Builders Alliance, which has brought an important hand to the table for construction industry. The SBA was born out of Builders Declare Australia. They are driven to change the way the industry has been operating, to make it fully aware of how differently things can be done and do everything they can to drive down emissions and the carbon footprint of the industry. Of course, this is something that we're passionate about and allied with through our Carbon Warrior Arm. We share the core beliefs of SBA and also that collaboration and connectedness drives growth and strength for the cause. We must work together to make the future as green as possible and we support SBA in their mission to drive real change spread practical knowledge, and create a community of informed builders, designers, trades, and professionals. This is why we knew we had to support them in any way that we could when we heard that they were launching, and Carbon Warrior is thrilled to have joined their cause right at the start as a gold sponsor of Sustainable Builders Alliance. Hamish is also the owner of Sanctum Homes here in Victoria, a business that creates the most stunning, artistic, and environmentally sustainable building solutions many of which have been featured in magazines such as Inside Out, House and Garden and Country Style. And he also hosts webinars for Builders Declare and SBA, bringing impressive and up-to-date information to the forefront on topics such as building healthy homes, star ratings and the pathway to carbon zero dwellings. We're lucky to have Hamish with us today to talk about what it means to build net zero sustainable homes, be a certified passive house tradesperson and what role Timmer plays in this picture. And just a hint, it plays a big role. So please join me in welcoming Hamish. So today we've got, um, for F&T time, we've got Hamish from the Sustainable Builders Alliance. So to begin with, um, Hamish, can you describe to all the F&T listeners what, what is a passive builder or a certified passive house tradesperson and what do you have to do to become certified? So to become certified as a passive house tradesperson, um, it's actually reasonably straightforward if I'm being honest with you and I actually think that maybe there is a little bit of a, a disconnect in how it's delivered and, and the certificate that you get in the end because there's, there's no practical side of it. Like you actually don't have to go out and do the things, um, which I thought there was a little bit of a gap there. But um, fortunately when I did it, um, this was in 2017, I think, 2018, um, it was face-to-face at Box Hill and um, I know Box Hill and Australian Passive House Association and also another organisation do online courses now and it essentially delivers the same content. Uh, I guess the good thing I, I liked about the Box Hill one is that we actually went out to Burkhardt's factory in Thomastown and, and did some of the practical things like put building wraps on and you know prep windows and all that kind of stuff. But to actually become uh, certified, it is just a course. Um, and then obviously, once you've, once you've got that certification, there's nothing stopping you from saying that you're a certified passive house tradesperson and uh, you can go about 
you know, starting to build um, passive house or high-performance homes. But what is a passive, like for, for F&T listeners that go, okay, what is a passive house? Does it mean it's polite? Does it mean it's very calm? Like what does a passive house <laughs> actually mean? Well, amongst amongst those two things, uh, it is also, it, look, the passive house is a, it's an internet, it's a voluntary international um, building standard, uh, which uh, started in Germany a number of years ago, I think in 1990 or something. Um, so it's been around for a long time. It's reasonably new to Australia. Um, you know, for, for a long, long time, we've been building, in my opinion, glorified tents um, where there hasn't been uh, much of a focus on comfort or thermal performance or energy efficiency. So if I was just to break Passive House down into five key pillars, which is what they talk about, um, it's continuous insulation. So that's walls, roof, and under the subfloor or under the slab. It's high-performance windows and doors, um, so double glaze or triple glaze, um, thermally broken aluminium or UPVC or timber or alu clad, which is timber and aluminium. Um, but the important part is that they're, they've got really low U values um, and they don't have any thermal bridges and they're airtight. Another pillar of the passive, of passive house is thermal bridge-free construction. So windows is somewhere which does have thermal bridges. So aluminium is a really good conductor of heat energy. So if you can imagine if there was aluminium outside connected to the inside, that heat transfer from inside to outside is quite easy uh, and you can but actually aluminium lose. Aluminium is not a real environmentally friendly product. So how does that fit in? Uh, look, um, I mean, I guess you could if you really wanted to. You could argue that aluminium is in terms of the fact that it does have an afterlife, like after, you know, when you do pull it out. But huge amounts of energy to go into um actually making aluminium in the first place so you know i guess we're kind of straying just a little bit down a rabbit hole and excuse me i do do this a little bit um it's all about like making about like like pick picking a middle ground somewhere and then moving forward with that like for, for us we tend to not use aluminium in our buildings um but i do know people that do but yeah for me it's not our preferred um, window suite, uh, bits of joinery. But other thermal bridges might be uh, your slab edge um, where it's not insulated, so we want to make sure we insulate that, um, like a big steel beam that's running from outside to inside. Um, same kind of theory behind, you know, how that aluminium transfers heat energy, a steel beam does the same thing. So with Passive House, we're trying to reduce or eliminate thermal bridges. So that's three. So we've got continuous insulation. We've got high-performing windows, thermal bridge-free construction. We're also going to make these buildings airtight. So inside, typically, we would use uh, a, an intelligent membrane inside to make that airtight. It's vapor open, so moisture can pass through. Um, so we're not creating like a – we're not putting a plastic bag over ourselves and sweating. We're allowing, allowing that moisture to move through. Um, but because we're making it airtight, because our windows are airtight, we're wrapping it really well, we're also introducing a mechanical heat recovery ventilation system. Uh, and we would do that in our climate in Victoria. If As we move up north of Sydney, we might put an ERV, which is an energy ventilation system. So there are your five, five pillars, airtightness, HRV, windows, thermal bridge-free construction, and continuous insulation. Um, and the idea is that we're creating an atmosphere or, or, or an environment inside which keeps a stable temperature between 20 and 25 degrees year-round with very little uh, inputs for heating and cooling. Yep, fantastic. And, and what's the uptake? I mean, it's 
40% of the world's emissions come from the built environment. So what's the uptake from builders? Do you see that there's a lot of, you know, a lot more builders taking on these principles? So we've been in the space for about five years now and I've experienced in the last, you know, COVID was a big one because everyone was sitting in their homes, right, and everyone was spending a lot more time on social media and stuff and realising that their homes are shit and, you know, that they're spending, you know, particularly in Victoria where we had these horrendous lockdowns in the middle of winter and we were wearing jumpers, we were wearing, you know, we had the heater cranked full ball 24-7, our energy bills were going through the roof. We've had a lot of clients off the back of um, COVID saying, you know, we went down this rabbit hole of the fact that our house was cold and then all of a sudden found this magical thing called Passive House. We've definitely seen an uptake since then and I don't know if it was because of that or that people were becoming more conscious. Energy prices were going up, um, people were coming to us about worrying about health. It's it's hard to comment and and have a real clear picture of it because we do operate within a little bit of a bubble and a little bit of an echo chamber. But the fact that ProClimber, I know, and I can say this because I'm pretty sure this podcast will be released after, but ProClimber is about to get rolled out through Bowens across Victoria, right? And that, for me alone, tells me that all these bigger companies are really starting to take interest in you know us smaller builders who are trying to make a change so we are seeing a lot more builders become interested in um in uh you know picking up you know, high performance features in their home yeah I, I know during covid um i live in a 1930s house and all beautiful hardwood frames and flooring and everything but when we replaced the weatherboards during covid we were like holy moly we got no insulation in the walls whatsoever and the difference to our power bills since we've done all new windows and and um the you put in the insulation and we changed from the tile roof to a colorbond roof it's amazing the difference and and we can't believe we it, yeah, I just think, God, you know, for 30 years we've lived here and the, what we must have paid out in uh, energy bills unnecessarily. No, and, it, and it's probably a classic example of, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And then when you actually experience a home that performs well and that is healthy to live in and is comfortable to live in, you, you, you've kind of got the experience of both worlds where you go, holy shit, I can't believe I was living like that. And there are thousands tens of thousands of buildings like this across victoria and if not all of australia which are like this so hamish obviously with all these things you have to put in there's there's a a big difference in cost so where do you think it's headed in regards to i know my members you know builders are squabbling over a hundred dollars on a you know on an order um for their frames and trusses um because they're really trying to push those prices down so do you see shows like grand designs and them helping drive the way for people to look and not just be so um, tight. (laughs) So in regards to, you know, people looking and saying, well, we need this for the environment and not looking at the bottom bottom line. I mean, I think it's important to know that there are a number of different ways that you can kind of sell it or pitch it or market it, right? Like, like if I'm speaking to the grand designs question, yeah, I think it's been positive and I think more the – uh, UK grand designs and probably New Zealand grand designs. I still think Australia is still focusing too much on aesthetics with their the you know, the homes that they're um, showing. But like, if uh, we're very fortunate that I think our marketing is pretty good and clients know what they're getting when they come to us, um, and they'll know they know that we're going to focus more on their um, thermal envelope than their bench top. Right, the bench top is the first thing that goes if they can't afford. 
you know, really good windows. Sorry, they're going to get a bench top, but they might not get the ta- the Tundra marble bench top that they had their um, heart set on. It might be something a little bit more cost effective. All the things that we know that can be replaced later if they wanted to do it down the track, they're the things that we would focus on first if we're looking at value, value management. Don't put the joiner in, build less, but we want to give you or we're going to give you at a minimum a really well-performing uh, thermal envelope. That's where we're going to put your money. That's where we're going to focus on your money first. And then whatever money you've got left over, let's then dress it up and make it beautiful. Yeah. So obviously with our Carbon Warrior, which, you know, Carbon Warrior is a, uh, as I mentioned in the intro, uh, a gold sponsor of the Sustainable Builders Alliance, our cause is to promote the use of timber as a future for the industry and, and, and to embody responsible living for climate change. So what role does timber have in the passive houses? Is is there or, or in the built environment moving forward? You know, there's, well, again, in our little kind of echo chamber that we operate within and, and we're sort of starting to see it more broadly, more engineers are becoming uh, timber-focused rather than steel-focused when they're thinking about uh, engineering solutions. Mass timber is gaining traction in some of the it's larger... It's pretty sexy. <laughs> oh, and, and not only is it great and it's sequestering all that carbon, but, my God, it looks beautiful. It does. It's amazing. Like, I don't know if you've ever been in, um, to the Arboretum in Canberra, but they've got these beautiful big glue lamb beams that I, I know because my wife's from Canberra, we go there quite a bit. I just, I'm in awe when I'm looking up thinking, holy crap, look at those joints and look at the connections there and look at the timber. I, I think timber is going to become, a, like for us, for, for, for a passive house builder, to answer your question, if we're looking at thermal bridge analysis, um, a timber stud has less thermal bridge than a steel stud or a steel beam. Uh, and you can see that if you shone a, uh, an infrared camera um, over it uh, once the house has been made. Timber's fast growing. You know, if it's managed well, I think it's a really sustainable uh, solution to building homes. Um, and I'm not just saying this because I'm on your podcast. We use timber all the time. But from a passive house side of point of view, like it's all, all our frames are timber. So, and hey, and as you said, you don't look up at a brilliant steel beam and go, wow, isn't that beautiful? <laughs> so not only is it environmentally friendly, but, geez, it's bloody beautiful. So tell me, what are you trying to achieve with the Sustainable Builders Alliance? I remember when you set up Builders Declare and and started to follow you then, and as I've seen it morph into the Sustainable Builders Alliance when I was at the South Australian Climate Conference and having um, the Adelaide Sustainable Builders Network there, I I think it's so exciting. But what are you trying to achieve with your membership and your goals? So I think in a nutshell, we're trying to create awareness and we're trying to create, well, we're, we're trying to deliver education to builders and trades and, and you know, potentially um, the ultimate consumer. The fact that the tools to, for a sustainable carbon-free future are here now. We can actually do it now and it's all here. We just need to put those pieces together. Jeremy Spencer, who is just an amazing human being and he's such a wealth of knowledge and we've we talk often, you know, sometimes when he's not in the room about how valuable he is to our organisation and his knowledge. He's created this roadmap, um, this roadmap to carbon zero homes, which is free on our website for everybody to, to look at. And it is like a seven, it's a step by step by step by step roadmap of how you can do it. 
we we try and educate through our webinars, um, and we've obviously we've got our the podcast, the Sustainable Builders Jack. But the website that we've released last uh, two or three months ago, when we did the rebrand, we're hoping for that to be a an, an information hub for anybody to access to get information on how to build low carbon or carbon zero homes. And we've also got some really exciting things that are kind of bubbling away in the background in partnership with some other organisations next year where we're hoping to have more face-to-face workshops and um, maybe mini conferences. We're even thinking about holding live webinars that can be in person and live at the same time. But if I was just to whittle it down into, into a couple of words, it's just about educating the industry so we can all lift and build better. And it definitely needs it. I was lobbying a um, a, a politician or, a, sorry, a bureaucrat. Um, so I was lobbying this bureaucrat and they said to me, no, no, the only way we can achieve net zero housing is with steel frames, with green steel. And I just went, sorry, what a crock of shit. And he just looked at me, a bit, bit horrified, and I went, and he goes, but when you cut the tree down, don't you lose all the carbon? And I'm slash, smashing his desk and saying 50% of this timber table is carbon. And so the education is needed because, A, green steel isn't here and it won't be for some time. And when it does come, it shouldn't be replacing sustainable timber. It should be going into, you know, bridges and, and other things where the heavy-duty steel is. Um, so, so timber, there is a role for timber in achieving that net zero housing? Oh, definitely, for sure, 100%. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, I think timber... You know, I'm coming from a carpenter's background, right? So, you know, it's it's it, it's easy to deal with. It's it's so it's easy to use on site. It's light. It's quick to put up. And if it's sourced in the right way, and I'll kind of preface that that you know our timbers do. You, I totally agree. You, you you need to be mindful of where you're getting your timber. Like particularly during COVID, we had a lot of old growth um, Eastern European pine come through, and I still see it now. And I usually just send it back. You just need to be mindful of, of looking at the rings on that, that timber when you're getting it because you really want to be using that Australian-grown radiata. And the stuff with the, the exciting space about mass timber and using mass timber in um, commercial applications and multi-storey structures is pretty exciting. Yeah. So where did your passion come from, Hamish? So, where, where, you know, as a carpenter, what stage in your career did you go, I'm going to go down this path? So I, I got into uh, carpentry kind of a little bit backwards. I've got a, a degree in marketing and tourism, and um, I kind of found my love for building when I was labouring and then I was overseas in Northern America and in the UK. And um, building was one of those things that I walked onto a building site and for once in my life actually things made sense. Like I was reasonably academic at school, but I just I didn't find my calling until I stepped onto a building site. I've always been pretty outdoorsy. Um, my wife's an ecologist, so she studied flora and fauna at um, Deakin, uh, worked for Ecology Australia for a number of years. So it's kind of always been in our DNA for the last 20-odd years that we realised that our planet was warming. We realised we needed to do something about it. I loved building. Uh, I wasn't going to stop building, um, but I realised that there was a way that I could kind of merge those two things together um, and Passive House, and now with the formation of Sustainable Bills Alliance, um, it's allowed, I guess, that passion for building and my passion to protect the environment to kind of come together. I mean, you could probably tell that I'm a pretty passionate kind of person when I start talking about this stuff. Um, you know, and it just really excites me, um, you know, 
the space that we're in now and I think what we can achieve with Sustainable Builders Alliance and the fact that, you know, I feel like we, we are and can make a huge difference in the industry is, is pretty bloody exciting. I, I, look, I totally agree. I, I remember talking to Bowen's office and saying to them that from a Carbon Warrior point of view, we look at it and say the biggest expense that or the biggest financial investment the average Aussie makes is their home. And if the government actually puts in the right policies like they have in Denmark, in France and other places, then we can ensure that the biggest environmental investment the average Aussie is also makes is their home. You know, if they choose the right materials, if they build in a, in a passive way, if they make sure that their house is environmentally friendly by choosing the right materials, then that investment can also, I know when everyone said about plastic bags, I thought, geez, it's never going to happen out of the supermarket. Now we just grab our carbon warrior totes and off we go and we don't even think about it. So we really need to change that perception that that every everyday Australians can make a difference to the world's environment if they build in the right manner. Yeah, and look, I, I will just make the point really quickly that Sustainable Builders Alliance is not just wholly focused on passive house. I, I build, I, I'm a passive house builder. There's a couple of other passive house builders, um, you know, within the direct, you know, amongst the seven directors. But passive house is one solution, is one way, I believe, that we can build, you know, lower carbon, lower energy consuming homes, but really good design, really good passive, um, solar passive design can also achieve the same outcome. And then it's just what you kind of, you know, build those homes out of. Because I can build a passive house and it's a terribly environmental pimple, right, in terms of I could build it out of concrete, I could build it out of steel, I could I could put, you know, aluminium windows in there and it could still reach passive house standard. You still need to be conscious about the things that you're building with. 100%, yep. Well, Hamish, thanks very much for joining us. We really look forward to seeing the growth um, of Sustainable Builders Alliance and uh, we're very proud to be sponsoring you and hope uh, we can help achieve your goals. Awesome. And, again, thank you for your support so far and I'm really looking forward to what we can all do together. Thanks very much for joining us. No worries. Thanks to Hamish for joining us and explaining what a passive builder is as well as explaining the aims and values of the Sustainable Builders Alliance in creating a greener future. Every decision we make, no matter how insignificant it may seem, impacts our environment. By making responsible choices such as using sustainable building materials, we can significantly reduce our carbon footprint and environmental impact. Our homes are a direct extension of our lifestyles and values, and choosing to construct them in an environmentally conscious way is a powerful testament to our commitment to preserving our planet. As individuals, we have the power to influence the market demand for sustainable practices. In doing so, we encourage industries to adapt their methods, thus bringing about broader change. Thanks for listening to another Eventine Time. Bye.